Ride the Vibes, a refreshing, fun, and informative experience. Join Steve and Winnie on VoiceTube Studios. Hey everyone, welcome back to Ride the Vibes. This is your host Steve. And this is Winnie. Today we will be talking about taboos. Taboos. So what are taboos? Taboos are basically something that is uh, not allowed, disliked, or frowned upon by a society or a group of people. Or it's something that is banned on grounds of morality or taste, or to put it very simply, it is if you do it, you might get bad luck. Yeah, so I think most of the taboos we found were very centered around old religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot in Taiwan, uh, but as you mentioned, it happened a lot also in um, the Western countries. Yeah, I think most taboos, not all of them, but many of our taboos come from kind of Christianity and um, the changing of religion over the last uh, 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. So from the Bible... Yeah, onward into the Middle Ages, and, you know, you see it a lot. Like, the Middle Ages, there were people that were considered witches, that Mm -hmm. had magical powers, and so you can imagine how kind of the black cat superstition might have started, something like that. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely um, taboos that are also just within culture or society that are not really related to religion. Mm -hmm. So when I think of taboos, uh, the most common one that I can think of is unlucky numbers. Yeah, for sure. I think most cultures probably have an unlucky number. Of course, in the West, I think everyone would know that that number is 13, Mm -hmm. which is part of the reason why that date, Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. um, is so scary to a lot of people. We have horror movies, a whole horror series named after Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. And I think Friday the 13th happened in 2019 for the first time in a very long time. So 13 is the unlucky number. So uh, I think the the unlucky number in Chinese culture is four. Now that's because if you say four in Chinese, it is si. It is very similar to the word death in Chinese. Yeah, actually I find it very interesting um, that you have a, first of all, I didn't realize that it was an unlucky number until I came to Asia mm-hmm. uh, five years ago. And I found out that a lot of the elevators and stuff would have no number four. It would just mm-hmm. say F. Yeah. Um, if you if you go to hospitals or if you go to maybe hotels that are older, you can definitely not find a level four because it's bad luck and people do not want to you know experience any death in their property. And also, if you go on field trips, you know, with with the entire school or something, you you realize that there's no car number four or car number 14 and so on. So when it comes to four, they try to avoid the number. Yeah, that's really interesting that you do it for all the other numbers that have four. So, mm-hmm. like, 24 or 44, I mm-hmm. guess. Like, would 44 be, like, the ultimate bad yeah, luck? Yeah, 44 <laughs> is, like, the ultimate bad luck. So, they, they sort of replace the numbers with uh, your alphabets. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, the next one I found really interesting when I was in Asia was writing in red. Mm-hmm. So, when you write in red, like, if you write someone, more specifically, if you write someone's name in red. Mm-hmm. So, if I were to write your name in red, it would mean sort of that you might die. Yeah, uh, writing in red is like uh, the worst thing that you can do. I remember in elementary school, you know, we have to mark each other's uh, papers and stuff. And so uh, that that was the time when I first got back to Taiwan. I was living in Canada for a while. So I wrote my friend's name in uh, in red and she got so pissed mad and she's like, are you trying to kill me <laughs> or something? So I'm like, okay, chill, chill, chill. So that's when I learned that uh, we're not supposed to write people's name in red. 
Yeah, because in the West, we don't have this culture. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't really associate red with death, although it is associated with stuff like blood and like violence and mm-hmm. rage. But um, yeah, so as a, for me as a teacher, red, red is the classic teacher's editing color. Mm-hmm. When a teacher marks up your paper in the West, and I assume in Asia as well, they usually use the color red. Mm-hmm. So as a teacher, I had to use it a lot. And there were times where I definitely wrote down my students' names um, but there's probably about a 50% chance that student might freak out or say something about it, while whereas some other students didn't really seem to care that much. Yeah, I think uh, you know nowadays people don't care about it that much. But uh, you know when I was in le- uh, when I was in elementary school, that was about like uh, 10, 15 years ago. So people still cared back then. Yeah. So another taboo that started in Europe but definitely came to America mm-hmm. would be sort of a fear or belief that black cats give you bad luck. Mm-hmm. And this started in, I, I believe, the Middle Ages. It started in Europe. And people thought that black cats could shapeshift into witches or mm-hmm. like demons. So if you saw a black cat on the street at night, it could mean a bad omen or that you might die. Mm-hmm. Well, w- when you say that black cats can shapeshift to witches, uh, I-, I immediately think of Harry Potter, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, there was a professor who can shapeshift uh, to a cat. And yes, uh, black cats definitely, they, they do kind of mean bad luck in Taiwan as well. I remember when I was younger, um, there was this movie called Magic Magic Grandma Mofa Ama. So um, in that movie, a black cat was possessed by this evil demon some kind, and um, it's really, really scary The pla- when the black cats started speaking. So yeah, black cats can definitely mean um, bad luck, but I think in Taiwan, also if your cat wears white socks, okay, uh, by that I mean if their legs are white, then that means it's bad luck. Wow, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you have bad, white and black are both bad luck in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, um, let's move on to the next one, which is eating rice. Um, this is one that we don't really have in the West. Mm-hmm. So from what I know in Taiwan, it's not polite to leave rice in your bowl. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not finishing the rice in your bowl is really, really bad because, uh, you know, when I was younger, my grandma and my dad would always say that if you don't finish the grains in your bowl, you're going to marry someone with a dirty face, meaning that <laughs> they will have pimples or moles or something. <laughs> yeah, you're going to marry someone with a very, very messed up face. So, um, you know, as a kid, I was like, yeah, I better finish every single grain of, of you know, of the rice in my bowl. That's interesting because in the West, it's way more straightforward. My parents would always be like, you need to eat all the food on your plate or you're wasting it. You get no dinner tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, they do say that uh, from my aunt. They would say, uh, you got to think about the kids in Africa. Does, does that happen in, uh, in, in the Western world? Yeah, definitely. It's sort of like a sign that you're not grateful for the food or that you're not appreciating the people who made the effort to get the food and make it. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to eating rice in, in Chinese culture, it's a very, very serious thing. In, in, in Taiwan, we have a saying like, 吃饭皇帝大. Uh, okay, I, I, don't, I don't know the Taiwanese about it, but uh, we take eating rice very seriously. So, for example, um, other taboos are like you're not supposed to stick your chopsticks in the rice because it's like incense and it's like you're worshipping the ancestors. Yeah, that's what I didn't know about until I came to Taiwan. I'm really trying to think of Korea. I lived in Korea before Taiwan, and I'm trying to remember if they had the same belief. I, they probably do. But yeah, you're not supposed to stick your chopsticks straight into the rice mm-hmm. and leave them hanging up out of the bowl, mm-hmm. which is something I think most people would probably not do anyway. But mm-hmm. I think 
maybe some ignorant Westerner could totally come and do that just because it yeah. would be very easy to leave the chopsticks in there mm-hmm. and it would be convenient, right? Yeah, I think when I was younger, I used to do that too. And, uh, you're, you know, you're supposed to just uh, leave it on the table or something or just, you know, just hold them and don't, don't try, just try not to stick it in your, in your bowl. And there's, a, there's another one is that you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to play the drums with the chop, chopsticks <laughs> with, with the, with the bowl, because if you do that, it's going to make you look like a beggar. So if you do that, uh, my parents would always say, are you trying to become a beggar or something? So that's also like a big taboo. Interesting. As someone who used to play the drums, that one's pretty interesting to me. <laughs> would you do that? Um, I've never done it in a restaurant or anything, but I probably would do it for fun, I guess. Uh-huh. All right. So I think the last um, kind of classical, um, the, the last classical taboo might be breaking a mirror. Mm-hmm. And in the West, when you break a mirror, if you break a mirror, I've never done that. But if you did, it would supposedly give you seven years of bad luck. Mm-hmm. That's also the same in Taiwan. So I have a I have a group of friends. Yeah, they they actually bought mirrors together, like a like a keychain mirror. So one of my friends, she broke hers, and she was so worried, and she had to call everyone to make sure that everyone was okay because it's like a like a you know friendship thing. So it's it's kind of like. When you break the mirror, it 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 could it could mean that it's going to give you seven years of bad luck, but it also could mean that maybe some someone died or something. Okay, wow, yeah, I, I'm actually really curious about the origins of this taboo. I'd like to learn more about how this started because I just don't understand the significance of the mirror. Mm-hmm. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know anything about breaking a mirror, the origins of that either. So <laughs> we'll just move on to our next. Uh, Topic. All right. Our next topic is kind of my, probably my favorite one of this episode, and it's going to be questions that are considered rude or mm-hmm. rude questions. So going right to number one, um, this one makes me laugh a little bit. The question is, what are you? What are you? What does it mean by what are you? Yeah. So you're, you're obviously not asking if someone's like a cat or a bag of chips, but like you're asking like, you know, what their race or ethnicity is. Mm-hmm. So I think like a particular like Asians would be very sensitive to this. I think if mm-hmm. I was like, what are you? Are you Chinese? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that in Taiwan, I think this is OK. But if I were abroad, uh, for instance, if I if I if I were in Canada, if I get asked that question, I might get a little bit angry. Yeah, I think that in especially in Asian culture, people don't like to be assumed that they're from um, a different country. Mm-hmm. And Westerners still tend to be sort of a bit oblivious of the fact that there are many Asian countries. We kind of just see, I think, Korea, Japan, and China. Mm-hmm. And assume what all Asians come from one of these three countries. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of people, they might be coming from Thailand. They might be coming from Vietnam. But yeah, like you said, most people just think that we're from China. Yeah, but that's not the only case this would be unacceptable. It'd also be unacceptable, you know, maybe. So it'd be also be unacceptable if you ask of someone, you know, in today's culture, we have a lot of transgender people, mm-hmm. uh, people that disassociate themselves with a single gender. So mm-hmm. it'd also be very inappropriate to ask someone like, what are you, a girl or a boy? Oh, yeah, I get I get asked that, that question very, very often. Um, sometimes when I go to the, you know, to the public bathrooms and stuff, I, you know, I'm just there washing my hand, and then maybe some lady would walk in and feeling and looking so surprised, like she's, uh, you know, in the wrong room or something. So I'm like, yeah, sometimes I do get hurt when people ask me that question. 
Yeah, that's a uh, that's really not a that's a really terrible thing, and people mm-hmm. should. So this question is really not something you should ever ask anyone. Mm-hmm. Maybe unless you know that person very well, but even then, it's just a strange question. Like you should yeah. know your friend by that point, mm-hmm. or when you really, really, really need to know. You know, when you're in a hospital or something. Yeah, I think there's a few exceptions to this, but in general, it's definitely taboo to ask someone this question. Yes. Number two is one that I personally have been asked many times, which is, how much money do you make? Mm-hmm. How much money do you make? I think um, in Taiwan, people do ask about that, uh, mainly your relatives. You know, uh, during Chinese New Year, you know, when the, when you go visit them or when they come visit you, the very first thing they're going to ask is, um, how much money do you make or what job you're doing right now? And another question that I get asked a lot is, um, you know, during Chinese New Year, is why are you single? Oh, okay. So yeah. So briefly returning to the last question, mm-hmm. I think it's okay to ask like one of your good friends or a family member how much money they make, mm-hmm. but it's not okay to say to someone the first time you meet them. Mm-hmm. So someone stranger, you, you wouldn't you be know. like, hey, my name's Steve, you're Ben. Hey, Ben, how much money do you make? It would yeah, just that would be, be awkward, right? It'd be really awkward. But I've had this happen in Taiwan uh, only with older men. For some mm-hmm. reason in Korea and Taiwan, I've had a number of older men who come up to me and be like, oh, you're a teacher. How much money do you make? Mm-hmm. I think they just want to know how much you make. So maybe they can think about their career choices a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I kind of took it as they're just kind of curious uh, why foreigners might come to their country mm-hmm. and how much money they're making. Like, wow, are these foreigners coming over here and making mm-hmm. bank or... Or what? Or when you first move to a country and you want to know how much money you have to make to survive. I think this would be a question that I would ask. Yeah. So this one's kind of a little bit more acceptable in some circumstances. Mm -hmm. Something in between. Now, going back to your next question, why are you single? Yeah. Um, Maybe there's a difference here between asking, are you single and why are you single? Mm -hmm. And why are you single is much worse. Yeah. Are you single is fine. That means maybe someone is interested in you. But why are you single? Eh, Sometimes it could sound a little bit offensive. Yeah, it's kind of implying that, hey, you're single and like, you know, like maybe like, why are you single? Like, you're so beautiful. You should have a boyfriend or, you know, why are you single? Are you a loser? You can't date anybody? Yeah, I think that's that's, uh, you know, a big problem with today. I mean, why can't people be single? Maybe they're focusing on themselves a little bit more or maybe they're working on something really big in their career and they really don't have time to, you know, have a relationship or something. Yeah, I mean, I think in the end, at the end of the day, most people do want to date someone mm-hmm. uh, before they grow old. But I think that there's a lot of people who are single for, like you said, very mm-hmm. legitimate reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in school and they don't have time for a relationship, or they're taking some time to try to improve themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of reasons why you could be single. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this last rude question that we want to talk about is, when are you going to leave? Yeah, so in Western culture, and probably Taiwanese culture too, mm-hmm. I would think, um, you shouldn't really ask people, hey, when are you going to leave? Like, it kind of makes it makes it seem like you want this person to leave mm-hmm. and that you don't really like them being there. Mm-hmm. But of course, on the flip side, of course, we always want to go to bed or we have stuff to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you do have to get people to leave. So you have to find a nicer way to say this than saying, hey, when are you going to leave? You know, in, in Taiwanese culture or well, so well, as far as I know, you can go make some tea or maybe you can go make some, you know, fruit. You go prepare some fruit and usually after the fruit or the dessert and uh, people will leave. Yeah, I think in the West, we're, a li- we're actually less straightforward. We'll kind of say something like, oh, I'm getting really tired. I think I might go to bed soon. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like your friends will leave or something. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, in the West, this can be kind of messy and a little bit hard to understand. How, why is that? 
I just think that like um, you can't be too direct, but we're also we don't really have a system in place to. Um, we don't have a system like your T system mm-hmm. where you can tell people to leave. We kind of have to make hints, subtle hints, like, mm-hmm. hey, like I think I might go uh, do my work on my classwork or something. Mm-hmm. And you just have to kind of hint to the person that you want them to leave. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a pretty obvious hint, you know, when you're telling someone that, hey, you know, I got something to do or, you know, I'm feeling tired, I'm going to go to bed. I think people would automatically just know that they should leave. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in rare cases, maybe not, but Definitely, it definitely usually works, but it can be awkward to say too because you don't want to come off as rude. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the next, which is manners. So, what are the taboos when it comes to manners? Well, there's quite a few of them, so we'll go through a few that we are kind of find interesting. Mm-hmm. So, the first one I have is holding the door open. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that this is something most cultures will do, mm-hmm. but in the U.S. specifically, we take this to the ultimate extreme Mm -hmm. i mean you can literally have someone that's 20 seconds behind you Mm -hmm. and you'll hold the door for 20 seconds as this person walks across the entire room to get to the door Mm -hmm. yeah i realize that um i think people do that a lot in the west but in taiwan i think we don't really do that but i do though and um there are times when i hold the door for uh for the people behind me and they would be they would be really really surprised yeah i think in Asia, it's just because of how many people there are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Thai- Asian cities tend to be very dense mm-hmm. and have quite a few people. So I think when you're in a city like Tokyo or Taipei or Seoul, mm-hmm. um, it would be a little bit difficult to always hold the door open for everyone behind you because mm-hmm. there's just so many people. And also, I think, uh, you know, it's because we're living in Taipei City, right? And the pace is really fast. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes you see people are just running or walking very very fast and we really don't have time you know to hold the door for other people yeah so sometimes when i'm rushing i probably wouldn't do it but most of the times i would do it and it also depends on who's walking behind you i mean if it's a hot girl or someone looking really nice you know i'm gonna hold the door yeah, and of course, that could work the flip side, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if I see a really old person behind me, I'll probably be more inclined to do it because I'll feel really bad if I shut the door on, like, a, some elderly person with a cane. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, speaking of old old, old people, yeah, I, I hold doors for old, old people, too, <laughs> not just hot girls. <laughs> Don't want people to think I'm rude. <laughs> Yeah, so moving on to the next one, I think I would say spitting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most cultures don't really appreciate spitting, Mm -hmm. but of course Singapore would be the most extreme answer, uh, sorry, the most extreme example where spitting is actually illegal and there's Mm -hmm. signs and people that will tell you not to spit there. Yeah, well, I I think Singapore has like very strict laws when it comes to, I think, even matters. Uh, I'm not sure if I remembered this right, but I think you're not supposed to chew gum in Singapore, right? Yeah, I think that might even be associated with the spitting part, too, Mm -hmm. because when you chew gum, a lot of people just spit it on the ground after. Yeah, well, I traveled to Singapore this year, and uh, you definitely notice how clean the city is. But um, back to Taiwan, I think spitting happens a lot in Taiwan, especially with guys or like uh, people that are older yeah this is actually something interesting because in the west teenagers spit a lot Mm -hmm. but adults almost never spit and Mm -hmm. it would be considered to be really rude if you did Mm -hmm. it especially in front of other people um but in east asia i don't know about japan and china but i know that korea and taiwan the old people tend to spit with this kind of terrible sound Mm -hmm. it's like they have something caught in their throat and they're Mm -hmm. trying to like clear their entire nose and throat out yeah would you like to demonstrate (laughs) (laughs) because i don't know how to do that sound i'll do my best Uh so if you see an old person walking down the street in korea or taiwan you might hear a sound like this (laughs) 
Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the sound. You're doing such a such a great example. Yeah. So older men do that, and uh, you were saying how about uh, you were saying about how younger people in the West are doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, now that you mentioned that, I remember when I was in junior high school, some of the bad boys were doing that too, because maybe they thought it was cool. Yeah, I think when you hit that age, about thirteen, fourteen, you kind of mm -hmm. hit the peak of that, but then it kind of slowly goes away. Mm -hmm. Um. Also kind of somewhat related to spitting would be chewing with your mouth closed. Mm -hmm. This is very classic in the West. Um, it's really rude to do in the restaurant, mm -hmm. but chances are even if you do it at home, your mom or dad will tell you, make sure you chew with your mouth closed. Because when you chew with your mouth open, it just makes this horrendous sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's the same in Taiwan. I remember when I was younger, my mom would always say that I have to chew with my mouth closed. But um, there's something that I really want to talk about. Uh, uh, from from spitting, you know, uh, because Asian countries, a lot of people chew betel nut, right? Oh yeah. So then they would spit the betel nut juice out, and it's red. It's like you're almost like puking blood or something. So, but that that hasn't been happening um, as often as as before because a lot of the younger generation are are not doing the betel nut anymore. Yeah, if you don't know what betel nut is, um, betel nut is kind of a drug. It grows from a tree. It's a nut. And it's sort of similar to something like chewing tobacco, where you put it in your mouth and you chew it. You don't swallow it, and you have to spit it out every couple minutes. And it literally looks like you're spitting out blood. Okay, I think that's all the time we have. But since we're doing a podcast and we're in a recording studio, there's something very interesting in in this room. Uh, do you notice the pack of uh, guai guai on on the uh, on the machine over there? Yeah, so we're running all our audio through what's called an audio interface. Mm -hmm. uh, it's where we plug our microphones in, and on top of that is sitting a bag of chips. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, it's a coconut flavored chips. Um, it's you can you can find this uh, in Taiwan, and uh, if you go to different let's say factories or tech companies, you can see one of these packs on uh, you know server. Or on their uh, equipment, or maybe on a camera or something. This is to uh, this is to make sure that the machine will will run smoothly because the name of it is called Guai Guai, and if you translate it directly back to to English, it means behave well. Okay, so if this bag of chips were not on this interface right now, it would mean kind of bad luck for our recording. Mm -hmm. That that could mean bad luck. Maybe nothing will happen, but. You know, that thing is just there to make people feel good. Okay, pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, Steve, and that's all the time we have. All right, guys, thanks for listening to Ride the Vibes, and feel free to contact us with episode ideas or suggestions. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you guys next time. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Ride the Vibes. We're happy you enjoyed the show. We want to take our conversations around the world to reach more listeners. It would be totally awesome if you could like, share, and subscribe. Please turn on the notification bell so you won't miss a single episode. And definitely get in contact with us if you have anything you want us to talk about in the future. See you next time, and once again, thanks for listening.